0: And welcome to Fact Schmacks. It's the podcast good enough to get you a C. Minus. My name is Matt. Well, I've got a story to tell you today.
1: My name is Kev. I have a story to interrupt.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, oh. In, simp- yeah. in simpatico there. Yeah. <laughs> good intro.
1: Yeah. It was a great intro and we l- did there. Isn't that great that we're back to judging all our intros again?
0: I think this is a bit. We need to bring back every I, ten to twenty episodes. I have decided
1: them's the rules. Well, that's great. Try <laughs> to play along. Although I think it's terrible. Bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: <clears throat> Kevin.
0: Matthew? Usually I ask you about your week, but but today I want to talk a little bit about my week. Uh, you you've. You've been with me for some of my week. Uh, as 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 our listener knows here, I've I've gone through a bit of a loss here recently, and I just have some uh, some thoughts about this process. I'm now the um an un- a member of a really shitty club to be in, uh, which is people that have lost um, a sibling way too young, um, and I've had a lot of people talking to me, and I know that it's a really awkward position. For them to be in. It's a really
1: weird... I know this is a serious moment. Most times talking to you is an awkward time. (laughs) I just wanted to break the moment. Please carry on. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just couldn't resist.
0: No, no, that's perfect. But I I have, having been on the other side of, of this, and now on this side of it, I know how awkward it can be, because you think when you go up and you speak to somebody who's going through absolutely profound grief, that you need to say something perfect and you don't, all you need to say is I'm sorry and I'm thinking about you and that's it. That's all anybody expects to hear. You know, I, I can promise you that nobody who's going through this is sitting here waiting for, you know, somebody to come up with the perfect words that make it all make sense. You know, it never will, but I'm sorry. And I'm thinking of, of you makes a lot of sense and it means a lot. Um, and I'm the only again. I'm not bringing up. This is not response to anybody in particular. It's just like a weird observation, you know. And I'm in a weird, I'm in a weird place. And part of my weird brain is is like thinking about all of the, huh, this is strange aspects of you know this somewhat unique experience that I'm going through. Um, you know that I wouldn't wish on on anybody there. So that's one of the the huh things for me is, you know, there is no a- after. When I was on the other side of it, I would always be trying to think of what to say, and now I know. You know, it's a horrible way to find out, but now I know. You just, I'm sorry, and I'm thinking about you. That's it. That's that's all. Perfect words for a very, you know, just an awful situation. Awful situation. Yeah. Yeah. There's no making it better. You know, all people want to know is just that you're thinking about them. So, and I'm I've been very lucky. I've had um, a, a tremendous amount of that. So, you know, I'm yeah. Other than the one way that I'm extremely unlucky, I'm a very lucky guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, anyways, after that bummer, there, let's maybe lighten things up with a bit of a fact, and or a schmack. Now, let me just open my my
1: MacBook here and
0: refresh my memory. But is it
1: now a new game? It is a new game. I am currently the one in possession of the dunce cap. Yes! Um, I'm I'm not giving you any freebies anymore. (laughs) I've learned my lesson. That's right. Give me an inch. Uh, Oh, yeah. If you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. That's right.
0: All right. So, Matt, give me a glass of milk, maybe even a glass of wine after that. Who knows? Um, Next thing you know, you're in that mouse, you're in bed. Ooh, is that all it takes? Ooh,
1: ooh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheap date. Uh, okay, so for anybody, uh, sometimes I think like, you know, maybe it's someone's first time listening. So if you're a first time listener, the way we start our show out here is so we got a little game of facts, schmacks. So we have two facts and a schmacked. Matt has to guess it Uh, every so often we remember to keep count and the one (laughs) do best three out of five series best three out of five the loser is the dunce of the show so right now I am unfortunately the dunce of the show yeah Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tighten it up I'm gonna bring my a game (laughs) let's see what you know about? A game does not
0: exist on this podcast.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna bring my C plus game. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Matt? Yes. How much do you know about Sesame Street? Oh well, I know that poor Luis just died. Okay. Uh
0: that was I a thing. uh that was a thing. They they do some uh wonderful parodies with the cookie monster.
1: Yes. Or at
0: least they did four or five years ago when I was,
1: you know, watching it. I've grown so much in those four or five years. <laughs> here's a little uh here's a little tidbit. I don't know if I brought it up on a show once, so I didn't use it for today's game. But speaking of the Cookie Monster, do you know what his name is? Aside from Cookie Monster. Do you know what his his Christian name is, we'll say. Oh, um it's uh Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> That is not Mookie Blaylock. That was last week's closing fact about Pearl Jam (laughs) being originally named Mookie Blaylock. Uh, No, uh, Cookie Monster's original name is Sid. Sid? Sid, also the same name as my cookie-loving fiancé. Yeah. (laughs) So I find that very (laughs) ironic, and I tend to bring it up often. Uh, (laughs) Factor schmacked, Matt. Speaking of names... SnuffleUpagus yeah. from Sesame Street has a first name. It's Aloysius.
0: Aloysius SnuffleUpagus. <laughs>
1: I don't know why I giggle when I say that name. Aloysius.
0: <laughs> okay. okay. That's maybe the second time in my <clears throat> life I've ever heard that name.
1: <laughs> Factor schmacked Matt. Big Bird's real name is Reuben B Bird. Okay. All right. Alright. Fact or Reuben sh- Ruben B. Bird. Why do all these characters have names that they- we're that, that we don't know? Alright, fact or schmacked. I can't answer that. <laughs> it's also perplexing to me. Breaking bad and better call Saul's Gus Fring, also like his, you know, his real name's Giancarlo Esposito, was Big Bird's camp counselor. So the villain from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad was Big Bird's Camp counts, camp Counselor. So factor schmack, Matt, what is it? Well, I tell
0: you, I know a lot more about Sesame Street than I know about Better, <laughs> Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad.
1: He's like the bad uh, guy in the new Far Cry game. He's the bad guy in the Mandalorian. He's the bad guy in everything. But he was once Big Bird's Camp Counselor. Okay. Well, that one's just. A these are all like
0: I. I don't know any of these. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> I if I. All right. Is. If I'm. T- if I'm taking these in order, I do not believe for a second that you came up with the name Aloysius.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do believe that you could come come up with Reuben B. Bird. Okay. And then this thing about the actor was maybe. Was Big Bird's like I, I don't know, actors are on that show all the time. It was Big Bird's camp counselor? So was this like an early role for him? You're not gonna tell me. You're not gonna tell me. I will me say it wasn't you're, I will you're say, against
1: me. I'll say it was a I it was an early role. It was not him as a famous villain. Yeah, it from was not TV. a uh,
0: not a cameo.
1: No. Yeah. It wasn't to promote Breaking Bad. Yeah. Although I bet Sesame Street seen its uh, fair share of meth, uh, which is going to lead me into an interesting topic. After you answer, I'm going with B for Reuben
0: B. Bird. You I think you made that up. son of a up. bitch. He's <laughs> <You> son <laughs> of a bitch. My thinking was that you read that Aloysius was Snuffleupagus's first name was lent- and went. Well, I can make a name. <laughs> I thought it was a great Anyone name. Anyone can make a name. <laughs> Reuben B-Bird. Ruben B. Bird. Ruben I, B. Bird.
1: I figured it was like a crapshoot. Like it was 50-50 if you thought Aloysius. Or, oh, yeah. Like it was 100% a crapshoot. What's going on there, fella? Well,
0: I just got... Uh, we may have made a mistake in the uh, upload for our uh, our episode there. What's that? Uh, we might have epi- uploaded last week's episode. <laughs> prior to an accident. We'll have to check that out. Maybe Uh-oh. we should just pull that down temporarily. Yeah, we'll get on that.
1: So <laughs> here's a unique experience where you get to see... How unprepared in, we in, are. In real time-ish, how to manage a podcast. Yeah, so, two weeks behind it. So what you do is you should always double-check the file that you upload. It's the moral We've just of figured this story.
0: out... That we should probably test our recordings before we start to make sure that we're not recording. Oh Jewish, yeah, we're building which,
1: this. We're building this plane as we fly. There's absolutely. no. There's no secret here, and we appreciate everyone who's just stuck through it.
0: I absolutely love that phrase. We're building this plane as we fly. Oh yeah, that's
1: 100 <laughs> fact schmacks for you. That's that's
0: not how you do it.
1: Let's just go with the old edit episode and. Theoretically delete. Anyhow, I'll figure this out. But in my research, I came across a really interesting tidbit about Sesame Street. Oh, There yes. is a fan theory that Sesame Street is like a rehab halfway house <laughs> for, for monsters. <laughs> so like all the Muppets at one point were like child-eating monsters, and now they're repenting by becoming educators. <laughs> it, it was pretty messed up, and I was like, that's actually awesome. Like, I to love- think that Big Bird was just like ripping guts out of people, and then he's like, I yeah. need a change. <laughs> Wakes up one morning sitting on the
0: side of the bed, head in the hands, like, just can't, anymore, <laughs>
1: can't face himself. <laughs> yeah. What have I done? Why well, can't think
0: you're I stop? that? You think you're working
1: towards something, and one day you wake <laughs> up and you're 40 and oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, I always thought that was like, I just thought that was pretty entertaining. So, the only other thing I have to say before you tell us some kind of horrible, macabre story is. This one's fun. Uh, oh, is it? Okay. Yep. This one's um, a lot of fun. We just had an episode with our our dear friends over at Milk. We've brought them up a few times. There's some lovely Australian lads. Uh, our episode with them—they in fact just just messaged us to let us know that we seem to have uploaded our oh last that who that was that week's podcast again? What a, yeah. what a great bunch of guys. <laughs> that was Lano. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the um the show Milk, uh, the episode is named Letters. It in its title shows that featuring fact schmacks. So. Be sure to check them out. They're a fun show. And uh, you can get just a little more of us like you always wanted.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Right? And our episode uh featuring them is coming out. Uh actually should already be out by the time you're listening to this. Uh so oh, that's, oh, uh, he's That's a lot committed. of fun. I'm committing. I'm committing to doing this. I've oh, been dealing with st-
1: Matt, this is stuff. great. We've already had five downloads.
0: Oh, and it's the same episode as last week. I just
1: released it like half an hour before we started this. (laughs) Oh, good. All right. right. I'm going to have to. Let's get on with the show. I'll figure this out when we're done. The show must go on. And the disappointment will continue. Absolutely. (laughs) The disappointment will continue until
0: morale improves. Um, Alcatraz. Ooh. I want to talk to you about... The Birdman? Uh,
1: not the Birdman. Uh, Alcatraz! Where the Birdman was. I thought we could tie in Big Bird all through the episode now. Oh, uh, well, you can still, like, you can try to weave it in there. Like, I could tell a tale about how, like, Big Bird smuggled in some files and some some hooch for the Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> There, <laughs> escape, have fun doing it. Have you ever seen uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer? Uh I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's one of those movies everyone raves about and I always yeah. say, like, I'd probably like it and I should check it out and I never watch it.
0: And you never yeah, you never will. Uh that was there's a good scene about Alcatraz in there anyways, featuring the birdman. So, you know. Nice. Doesn't feature it just just mentions okay. the famed birdman. Uh no, we're going to be talking about the escape attempt of June eleventh, nineteen sixty-two, which I believe was made into
1: the film The Great Escape
0: with Clint uh, Eastwood. No, The I'm Great not, Escape
1: no. is the uh, Stalag Luft Three. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the one that you told me the about. The one that I told about the war. Right, uh, which World is in our
0: uh, our Patreon episode. Yeah. This is going to be a a, a, a second story of. A
1: daring escape. Okay. Good that you changed the title. Now no, we won't get sued. <laughs> uh so <laughs> yes, the daring escape. <laughs> oh, it's that like, was quick, buddy. Like I like the that. Die, the die coke of yeah.
0: But <laughs> 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 we are talking about the rock, baby. Former military base sitting on an island about a mile and a quarter from the San Francisco Bay shore. The prison was thought to be inescapable, uh, as even if you were to manage to get out of your cell, which was, you know, surrounded in thick concrete walls, let's say you managed to get out of there, you know, supposedly every inch crack and pore of that place is just covered in concrete, there's no way out, but even, let's say you do, let's say you even make it to the shore, you got... The San Francisco Bay there, with its strong tides and its cold water. You know, San Francisco is not, not a very uh, warm city, and the waters of San Francisco are, uh, by California standards, pretty cold. Okay, we'll we'll say, um, certain by the area standards, um, it is kind of like as as a Canadian and and you know dealing with with stuff up here some of that was a little like oh it's you know
1: <laughs> oh are you cold <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: like it's not it's not warm it's like 54 degrees fahrenheit on a warm day like that's that is cold but Dude, it's not like, like first in, day in the lake right that's not insurmountably cold people no. swim in that sort of
1: stuff all the yeah. time but it is cold like yeah. you know that's it's cold enough. I'm not I'm not jumping. Oh yeah. But it's it's not You have yeah. you, dude, you would have to jump into water that cold cuz you could not go in to the testicles. You're <laughs> right. Cuz you would yeah. not go any further. You'd be like, "Nope." No. That's it.
0: You'd hit the knees. Maybe you'd get that first little splash that would lap up and just tickle one ear. <laughs> you know, tickle the skin there and it'd be like, "Oh, yep. no, nope, no, 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 not no, no, no." <laughs> so
1: it's
0: already yeah, the looks, body has instincts.
1: It already looks small enough. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: If that's the setting though, this uh this inescapable prince uh prison, let's talk about our cast of characters here. We got Frank Morris, he was born September first, nineteen twenty six. He was abandoned by his parents at age eleven, spent time in foster homes, became a career criminal, uh extremely intelligent, uh but was in the uh in the slammer
1: for larceny and bank robberies. Okay. And uh some picturing yeah. Clint Eastwood. Um, or like, yeah, yeah, like a middle-aged, kind of pushing late forties Clint Eastwood. No, 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 no. Donald Sutherland.
0: So you're looking at that class of actors then? Yeah, like that because age. Because there was okay. a, there
1: was a movie about this, wasn't yeah.
0: there? Uh, there was. I just can't remember
1: the the name of it. Okay. Um it's good that you researched Oh, it was it, it
0: was uh The Rock.
1: No. <laughs> God damn it. That's a wrestler. <laughs> also a movie with Nick Cage. <laughs> Dude, remember when Nick Cage made like like he made The Rock. That was a great movie when I was younger. I yeah. must I had The Rock on VHS. That's a good movie. I watched that so many times. I've
0: great watched movie. The Rock
1: a ton of times. I've never seen face off. No? No. I don't See, know why. He got like. Have you ever watched The Wicker Man with Nick Cage? No, I've seen. I've watched all the clips. You've seen on the YouTube, clips, though. and it's like, yeah. Oh my God, what were you doing, like, man?
0: Nick Cage in a bear suit punching a lady is a oh, thing that exists so great. on the internet. <laughs> it's not great that he's punching a lady. It's just the whole setup is
1: amazing. Yeah, um, like he just he just started making like any movie, and I think that's wonderful.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I was actually watching a thing uh Nick Cage answers your questions and one of the questions was do you ever turn down a role and he's
1: like actually yes <laughs> quite a
0: few really <laughs> which I do believe absolutely Dude, I believe
1: he turns down roles I wonder what I wonder what his minimum threshold for for money is we could get a Fact Schmacks movie together <laughs> I think we could get him yeah, to Yeah I play don't think you. we can afford
0: Nick Cage
1: and I think Paulie Shore would do me for like a cheeseburger <laughs> and maybe a half bag of weed. Paulie Shore, uh, you know his mom was a uh, owned the comedy store
0: in in California. Or oh in yeah, because like I've a...
1: listened to Joe Rogan. No, I, I
0: haven't. But no, you haven't.
1: But if you ever yeah. listen to Joe Rogan, I I don't think this podcast does he talk about Paulie Shore? He discusses the comedy store like every single like no uh, i just listened to improv i listened to all the uh, improv podcasts or did so but yeah his mom did own that That that's crazy
0: yeah i just i mean you know there's there's a leg up for you all right for him so i won't won't try
1: to i won't try to bring up too many actors because we've seemed to have gone off onto a terrible tangent when we described only one of our three characters four four okay yeah i'm sorry Back to uh, but
0: the next, two, the next two are a package deal. Uh, we got John oh. and Clarence Anglin, born May 2nd, 1930, and May 11, 1931, respectively. Uh, they were brothers. Wow. Close. They were close since Christ was a cowboy. Uh, they spent their early years as laborers till they decided that laboring sucked. And you know it was a better way to make money. Robbery. Robin Banks. Yeah. yeah, Robin Banks. Why not? Uh, here's the thing. As children, it's funny we bring up the, um, the cold water thing. As children, these guys were actually well-known for swimming in Lake Michigan even after the ice appeared on the surface. So they were apparently very strong swimmers who were very well-versed in swimming in cold conditions, Okay, which is uh, interesting. Uh, then we got Alan West. He was born March twenty fifth, nineteen twenty nine. He's a car thief. Uh, he uh, didn't actually get put in Alcatraz for being a car thief. Uh, he got put in there because he tried to escape the last prison he was in. Um, so they they threw him in Alcatraz.
1: Try to escape this. What? They said. Uh, what did you say his name was? Alan West. Oh, so he's definitely played by Adam West. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, that'll yeah. be easy. Yeah. Okay. That'll be easy. So he's yeah. Batman. Yes. Like car thief. Yeah. You know, it's funny sure. when you talk about um, like old school bank robbers. Uh-huh. They could actually get money. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but like, you know, back in the day, there were no cameras or whatever. But did you know, we know, I don't know how much you know him. But we know someone who robbed a bank way back in the day. Yeah. And you we were, uh, yeah. I don't know him very well, but. Yeah, but I do. And uh, he, he's an old guy. He's fantastic. Uh, quite the character. And back he in the. D- he's,
0: uh, he thinks he's
1: rewritten all of music theory. Yeah. <laughs> but he, back That's- in the day. Robbed a bank, and I think that is absolutely hilarious, knowing him. And yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of kinds, it's, man. It's, he did, he did his time, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like that old school. Like, um, I didn't rob a bank because I'm like, you know, a junkie piece of shit. Like he's like kind of like an anti-establishment. Like, I feel like he would have been like the the dog day afternoon type like kind of maybe not dog day afternoon but uh you ever see that movie? No. Al Pacino robs a bank to pay f- it's based on a true story where a guy robbed a bank to pay for his partner's sex change operation. Oh, and then he became like this like uh kind of anti-hero Um, because he spoke out against like establishment and all this stuff kind of like a cult hero I guess Sure, but anyhow I don't know I always picture him robbing robbing it like like an old school just you know we're going to pull a big heist boys and then we're going to (laughs) retire now as as somebody who has spent a lot of time working at a bank
0: um, first of all there's no money at a bank anymore (laughs) so they're not worth robbing uh, but second of all, I take a kind of dim view of the whole bank robbery
1: thing. And uh, I know, not but like, want to get held up <clears throat> at gunpoint. I don't know. It's just it's it was so long ago that I just in my mind picture it in this like, you know, um, I worked with people who got held up. Yeah, it's always weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like whenever I hear about it now, I'm always like, oh, that was probably t- traumatic and horrible and stuff. But like, yeah, give you PTSD. Yeah, there's like this there's also this like um, I don't know. kind of anti-hero uh, Robin Hood type element to it in some popular culture. I can't exactly think of uh, the right movie or something where I kind of go like, yeah, I hope you get it. <laughs> well, like nobody you, you know, nobody money. likes Nobody yeah. likes banks. Just yeah, don't take exactly, it out the people yeah. who work there. No, for sure. Well, Alcatraz. Alcatraz, the rock <laughs> not the wrestler so, these guys um,
0: these are the characters here now uh, this Alan West guy, he's he first approaches uh, Morris Frank Morris with a plan in the year 1960 you see apparently Alan West had been uh, working with the maintenance squad and he knew that there was a vent on top of cell block b that was not really that securely shut it wasn't really as uh it wasn't concreted over in sections to make it hard to pop like some of the other or all the other ones were there was a weak point and he knew about it so he approaches morris and tells him about this and uh At some point before 1961, these Anglin brothers get brought in on the scheme too. Not really sure how everyone fits in or knows each other at this point, but these are the four guys who um, wind up with this plan to escape, and they they are working it, baby. In 1961, all of these dudes request a transfer to that cell block right under the vent that they want to to get to in order to escape and the requests are approved for all of them so i guess in alcatraz you could just be like hey i'd rather be over here and they were like cool we'll just we'll put you over there i don't know maybe it's more of a headache if they don't i don't know there's a lot of stuff that they were allowed to do here that you're we're gonna hear and uh kind of makes you wonder you know it really makes you wonder
1: um I can't help but notice when you introduce the names that there was no Andy Dufresne. There is no Andy Dufresne. No. Okay. Do you know who Andy Dufresne is?
0: Obviously. Like, I haven't seen a lot of movies, but I have seen the best movie ever made.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Mm. And does this escape attempt involve a Raquel Welch poster?
0: It doesn't. It actually involves something that I think uh, is even a little more clever than that.
1: Okay. Oh, so, get to it.
0: Each cell has a five by nine inch vent. Now, you might have noticed that five inches by nine inches is not really big enough to slide through unless you're that guy from that one X Files episode that still creeps me out. Uh, if you, uh, know, you just
1: know. looking down at uh, what has replaced the view of my penis, I'm going <laughs> to go with I will not fit. <laughs> So, uh,
0: but but this West guy, he knew the walls were actually, like, relatively thin around this vent. They're actually less than six inches of concrete and just concrete. So each man starts drilling teeny tiny small holes around this vent uh, close together, like real close together, drilling these holes really close together around the vents inside their cells Uh, until they had enough holes there that they could just remove a section of the wall big enough to fit through. Now, I can see the look on your face. I can almost hear the people listening to this podcast, if anybody listens, saying, (laughs) how in the hell are they able to drill holes in their walls? Right? Yeah. 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 That seems like it would be hard to do when you're in jail.
1: I mean, they have like little workshops and stuff, right? They got to make their license plates and widgets. (laughs) Well, how? yeah, how did they
0: drill and how did they hide it? Well, they used makeshift drills. They made a drill out of
1: spoons and a vacuum cleaner motor. Man, Uh, (laughs) these people in these stories are always so industrious.
0: Oh, just absolute MacGyver shit. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So they... uh, But even at that point, um, how are you going to drill, you know, even using a makeshift vacuum cleaner motor and not have it make a bunch of noise and alert the guards, right? You're drilling into concrete. Yeah. How are you going to manage that? Well... What you do is you do all of your drilling during happy hour.
1: Happy hour? Happy hour. Tell me about this happy hour.
0: (laughs) Apparently, there was a happy hour in in, uh, Alcatraz where everybody who had an instrument could play their instruments during that hour. So I guess it would just be a fucking cacophony of noise. I was just going to use
1: the word cacophony. (laughs)
0: Hey, a big old cacophony. <laughs> cacophony. Uh, yep. Yeah. Hey, so remember that g-
1: time you said epitome?
0: <laughs> really? That's <laughs> yes. A common, that's a very common one uh, to mix up. Yeah. Uh, there's a word for that, actually. It's called calliope syndrome. Okay. For, words, for words that you've seen spelled, but you've never heard pronounced. So you know, you know what it is, but you don't know what it's supposed to sound like.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, calliope. If I you look at a, the word Calliope, it should a good be one for Calliope. A while, but I can't remember what yeah. it was. But yeah. And there's epitome.
0: even there's even shit that like that's like local, like rodeo drive, or you know, it should be a rodeo drive, but it's spelled rodeo. You would only know that if you were, you know, local or colloquially into. named. Yeah. Um Yeah.
1: But yeah, cacophony of sound. The cac-
0: cacophony of sound, they were um they were drilling their holes and then to hide the big mess that they were making. They had pieces of cardboard and they painted them the same color as the walls and just slid them. Yep. Just slid them in front of the holes, put some shit in front of it. Like, you know, if you got your fucking guitar, your accordion or whatever. And, uh, and there you go. So just, just hide your shit that way. So that was, was pretty goddamn smart, frankly. Uh, Pretty impressed with that. Now, crawling through the vent would get them to a utility cor- corridor that was unguarded, that they could then then use to get to a landing area that was right under the vent that they were trying to get out from. Um, now they had all been on this maintenance crew at this point. You know, once this plan's hatched, well, everybody wants to get on the maintenance crew because you know you get materials from the maintenance crew and you get access to places. You get access to places like this landing area that's right under the gate that they are trying to or the, the grate, sorry, that they're trying to escape from. So they use this as a staging area. They pretend that they're doing maintenance in this area. They even convince the guards to let them hang up blankets so that the guards couldn't see what the fuck they were doing in there. Uh, they built a makeshift periscope to check to see if the guards were coming. The reason they were able to convince the guards to let them hang up blankets because they said they were kicking up a bunch of dust. So I think they probably, you know, did kick up a bunch of dust until they let them hang the blankets. And then, fuck it's 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 getting to work on on our business. What was their business? Making dummy heads. First off, they used concrete. Stop me if you've heard this one before. They used papier mâché. And uh, real human hair. (laughs) And they made dummy heads. And you can look up pictures of them. Got to tell you what, their work is better than Carl Tanzler's. Um, That
1: (laughs) fucking freaked me out. Are you still dealing with seeing that picture? You know what's funny is I I pulled up the... uh, So uh, I made a post on our Facebook for the episode. So I pulled up the Wikipedia article... With yeah. a picture of him that looks like Colonel Sanders. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, don't look the at it again. The love child of Colonel don't... Sanders and Sigmund Freud. Yeah, don't look at it again. Don't look at it again. So, of course, I looked at it again, and I was like, ah, oh, still fucking horrifying. It is. Ugh. Ugh. Uh-huh. All right.
0: Um, so, yeah, so they made dummy heads to put in their beds for when they were either working overnight or for when they ultimately made their escape. They also fashioned a raft using 50 raincoats. That's not even the impressive part, though. They fashioned a raft and then figured out how to vulcanize the rubber using steam, steam pipes. Dude. They fucking vulcanized the rubber.
1: Like, man, people were so smart back in the day. We've talked about this from an episode of Popular Mechanics. we we talked about this we touched on this on the DB Cooper episode about how he would have had to know the things to jump out of the plane at the right height and this and that and how you couldn't just google it yeah or watch a youtube had, video you had to have that expertise yeah like you just you just had to be smart and industrious
0: or know a guy i don't know like we're still got around it's not like the rumor mill yeah. didn't exist but yeah sure you'd have to know somebody who knew somebody at that point or yeah um they also yeah so they made this raft and they made life preservers uh how yeah yeah how didn't they get caught doing any of this is like fucking amazing this is like six months that they're working on dummy heads and rafts and drilling holes in their walls and where they covering everything in their prison wallet uh no probably up in this landing this landing area where they're working um seems like so June eleventh, night of the escape. Uh, only Morris and the Anglin brothers end up making it to the landing spot. West was unable to make it through his wall. Um, oh. I think, and he's the guy who came up with the plan, which is such a bummer. And he's the reason we know anything about anything because he didn't. He didn't make it out, so he took. He spilled the beans. Was he eating uh, too many uh,
1: prison biscuits? No. I,
0: so I've heard two different versions of this either he wasn't able to pull back his slab of concrete um I don't know if he'd never been through before I saw one thing saying he had used some like quick set concrete to cover it up or to put his thing back in but it was too it was too set and on the night that they were going he didn't have like to his tools and shit so he couldn't I don't know he couldn't he just couldn't get his wall open just couldn't get his wall open we've all been there
1: yeah for sure
0: um so he was left behind. Uh, they make it to the uh, the landing spot there. Uh, it's presumed that you know people heard a noise around ten thirty at night. It's presumed that that's when they opened up the the cover of the roof and made their way out. So from there they climbed down the uh, back of the cell block. They hopped a fifteen foot fence and made it to the shores of Alcatraz Island. Um. So yeah, shores of the island, they hopped onto that raft and disappeared from the annals of history. They were never heard from again. One of the life preservers, a piece of the raft and a makeshift ore were found. So were some some bags that included some of their personal items, but no bodies. They never found the actual raft itself. So the FBI and the Coast Guard did an investigation. Um, they questioned Alan West, found out as much as they could uh, from him, you know, found footprints at the on the roof, found footprints, um, you know, or found evidence of them climbing down the pipes to get down the building, figured out where they left shore from. But then after that, there's just a couple things that they found either on sh- washed up on shore or floating in the ocean. FBI spends about 15 years looking for these gentlemen, uh, but eventually closes the case in the mid-70s, saying that they most certainly were claimed by the bay. The currents were too strong, the raft too rickety, and the water too cold. But, uh, you know, especially nowadays, other people are not so sure. A mile and a quarter, as we were discussing earlier, is not that far to swim, even if push came to shove. Um, as a matter of fact there's a triathlon held there every year right around the same time uh and they swim almost the same route now these are people who are you know they're trained but they're also not desperately fighting for their lives yeah so I at least you know I'm at least gonna give a little bit of a an edge to the 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 people who were known for being good swimmers in cold water who right. were fighting for their lives who had a raft like I think you know there's that that kind of bodes well. If it's, it counts for something, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if I, okay, you're talking a mile and a quarter on a <clears throat> kind of now, yeah, through raft. some pretty on a handmade raft through some pretty rough current, like very rough. Okay, waters. but like so, it's like choppy then, choppy, strong current. Okay, uh, I still think like <clears throat> okay, if I'm on the run and I'm in a raft. Or a bike or a plane or a car, and I can spit, especially with a boat, you can literally put that boat back out to water. Yeah. And you don't, and then you have the advantage of, well, they don't know where I came ashore, so they don't know where to start looking for me. You find the raft, you know, okay, you definitely came ashore here. Here's where they landed. Here's where they landed. Go from here. You get rid of that raft. You get rid of the raft, 100%. So you wouldn't find it. No, they, of they scuttled not. it. They they kicked it back out to shore. That's I bet that's whatever, what they did. Yeah, back out to sea. Whatever they did, and oh, oh, ooh, I just forgot. I, I'm sorry. I this is like outright
0: dereliction of duty. I forgot to mention my favorite part about the raft. Oh, and that's how they inflated it.
1: What do they do?
0: They cannibalized an accordion, and they inflated it using an accordion.
1: <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's so in, that's so industrious. You know, think of the think of all the crazy Rube Goldberg machines these guys didn't make when they were focused on crime.
0: Think of what they could have made.
1: Yeah, I uh,
0: I'm thinking about uh, you know this this escape doesn't happen if one of these guys doesn't play the accordion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. I like to think that they made it. <clears throat> I know that they like to say that nobody ever escaped from Alcatraz. These three guys did. Now,
0: there was, a, there was a freighter that was leaving San Francisco Bay right around right after that time. And they supposedly saw a body floating in the water. But they weren't able to turn around and just, like, let somebody know. So they didn't let anybody know till they came back, like, months later uh and by that time obviously the body was gone um maybe that was the body of one of these guys but like i looked up the stats on suicides from the golden gate bridge oh there can, there's been like up to 41 suicides a year from people jumping off that bridge you do the math that's one every 9 days like that's a yeah, lot of yeah no shit eh that's you know i'm just saying that that there, yeah, there. That could have been one of those bodies, but man, if there's, you know, especially in that day and time, I think that stuff was a little bit worse back then. Uh, one every nine days, pretty good odds that maybe it's one of the one of those two. Who, obviously, it's not one every nine days. That's not the way statistics work. But yeah, just theoretically
1: saying, like, average out that way.
0: Not, uh, not the worst odds, anyways. Um, that that it would be something like that, as awful as that is to think about. Um, Supposedly, members of the Anglin family, the the mother of these two brothers, actually received flowers uh, with the brothers' signatures on them after the escape. So that's, you know...
1: That could be a hoax. That could be something real. I 100% want to believe on this one.
0: They family members have said this is my second favorite detail family members have said that at family funerals they've seen a pair of mysterious women with heavy makeup and you know big shawls and stuff and some people speculate that it's the brothers showing up in drag which i really want to believe is true
1: uh, i like,
0: really want to believe that how old would these guys be now um, they're born in the, think were, I think they were born in the thirties. Like oh, they're like, the they're 90s. in their eighties. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they'd be in their, their late eighties, uh, born in 30 and 31. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's nineties, man. Oh yeah. I guess it Yeah, it would be. Sorry. Yeah, I was it's thinking eighties. The reason I was thinking eighties is because in 2013, um, supposedly the FBI, well, the FBI did get a letter supposedly from one of these brothers saying, Basically, I'm sick, I'm dying, I'm in my late 80s. If you promise me um, that I'm only going to go to prison for a year and I'm going to get medical attention, I'll come back and I'll confess to everything. They did not take this letter writer up on that offer, I guess not thinking that it was legitimate, but then they released the letter, and I think a lot of people now are looking at that going, I don't know, that kind of seems like maybe that guy was offering to just go to jail and confess to (laughs) stuff. To stuff. Why
1: would he lie about that? Well, maybe that's but, what guys have to do to get uh, their health care taken care of. Yeah. yeah. God, God could you also, imagine? There's also <laughs> that.
0: Um. So yeah. So I, that's kind of where that story ends, man. These these three crazy MacGyvers, it's like just, just absolutely did this amazing thing, and nobody knows if they they lived or died. I personally. Like I am such a such a hard-nosed um skeptic about so many things, but stuff like this, like DB Cooper and like this, I want to believe, man. Absolutely I want to believe these guys lived. Dude. For sure. They made oh. it.
1: Remember when I was talking earlier in the show about uh the the person we know who's a bank robber? Yeah, he made it. And, and I was trying to say like um you know, kind of like a nostalgic thing. It's that it's had DB Cooper vibe that like yeah, like, you got away, like, you know. Yeah, pulled one over, got one yeah, on the man. got one over on the man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: But then you think about, well, the, you know, sucks for the captain and the flight attendants of that situation who had to deal with this awful, you know, situation, the D.B. Cooper thing, and uh,
1: I think these he got guys... got a bunch of money, and they had a cool story to tell. At the end of the day, no one got hurt, so... You know, other than potentially him if he landed bad. Yeah. yeah. I want to believe on that one for sure. I want to believe. I so want to believe. believe. I want to believe in it all. The world is a strange and magical place. It is. Yeah. It's a, yeah, very strange place. So that's your story for us this week. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. You know, uh, that's maybe only the second time you've told a story. And nobody died. I mean, three people yeah. potentially died. Though. Three people
0: potentially died. And I can t- I can tell you now, um, the fourth guy,
1: uh um, Alan West there, he is now dead. Okay. Well, of but, course, you know, I mean many of our stories are involve people who are no longer with us chronologically, but Yep, yep. Yeah, there just was there was no based corpse, on the
0: passing of time.
1: No corpses, no corpse brides, no. Nope. Some dummy heads that, you know, remind us. Yeah. This was a fun one. Yeah. I like it. This is the funnest one since the bridge. The bridge to USSR. (laughs) I love that story. So I guess I'll give you a little closing fact. Uh, I mentioned today when we were talking before the show there that I'm out, uh, <clears throat> on a job doing some work in some some places and some uh, mill writing, some yeah, a little some bit mill of, wronging, a little bit of mill writing, a little bit of industrial mechanicin. doing a little welding. Started thinking, what's going on there? You know what's going on there? What is going on there? When you strike that welding arc. The temperature of that welding arc is between 6,500 and 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So for context, that's roughly what they assume the temperature at the surface of the sun is. Now, that's hot. That's hot. Now, just uh, let me, but, let me, but that's not what I wanted. To, what do you mean by strike the welding arc? I'll just let me finish this last point before I drop it. Okay. <clears throat> a plasma arc can reach up to fifty thousand degrees Fahrenheit so the arc sort of is like the interior of the sun The arc is the um the spark the the white light that you see we call that an arc uh envision uh I always kind of picture it as like uh like an electromagnetic field that creates like a plasma flux between them like the molten metal that goes into whatever you're welding
0: that's bananas
1: yeah yeah so you always have like we call it a stinger like the 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 rod and uh <clears throat> it goes uh on the negative and it electrons flow negative to positive it kind of I always think of it I just remember it like that as going into the thing that you're welding uh, okay. and creates mad heat. But I mean, mad heat. So it's a thing that's as hot as the surface of the sun and yet a foot or two away, you can't even feel it. You you can't get a sunburn from it. Huh. I've had sunburns from them, uh, but uh, I just think it's neat. It's neat yeah. that that thing is that hot. And when you're looking at it through the shield, it just looks like a little, like uh it's like lava. It just looks like lava. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's really hot. Really hot. That's really hot. And uh I also found out that 50% of all the things uh <clears throat> man-made have a degree of welding to them. Okay. Like uh, interesting. Like look at that rack holding your uh cables behind you.
0: Well, obviously, there's, it's, there's a, some it's two pieces of, it's, yeah, it's like two piece of metal that are stuck together.
1: Exactly. All yeah. the stuff in your electronics is soldered together. That's a form of welding. welding oh, okay. Actually well, goes if we're back, including
0: soldering, then obviously. Well, well, the
1: whole the whole art of welding goes back like uh, you know, like thousands of years uh <clears throat> before what we would modern day kind of call welding. So. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Also, what do you say to somebody with grade nine education? Hey, nice. Wald. <laughs> 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 and good night. Uh, before we leave,
0: I oh. just have to say Austin Matthews just scored his 50th goal uh, of the season. And that's real Nice.
1: Is that soccer?
0: No, it's hockey. But uh, oh. the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't had anybody. I'm like, teasing you. Yeah. Well, he's the best goal scorer in the league now. Uh, and the Toronto Maple Leafs have not had anybody who scored 50 goals uh, in my lifetime. So that's wow. uh, that's great. What a proud yeah. moment. It is. it is. a go Leafs go. <laughs> and
1: go away. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Facts Schmacks. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you want to hear more, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash facts schmacks. Or you can check us out on Facebook or on YouTube or on Twitter.com at Fact Schmacked Pod. We also have a website, factschmacks.xyz, because we know you haven't had enough yet. Sure.